You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we are working to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear good news and as we scatter to share it. When we used to work out in Franschuk, it was amazing to me because it would be like one degree in the morning and then 31 degrees in the afternoon. So I would get there uh, and uh, one of my tasks when we worked out in Franschuk, we were at a, at a school for kids that had been orphaned due to HIV AIDS. And um, one of my tasks was taking the trash to the um, solid waste facility every week. So I had a, a trailer on the back of this very beat up 19, early 1990s combi. Uh, and it held eight wheelie bins, eight or 12, I can't remember now. Um, but it was all eight of them, all 12 of them, whatever it was, were always filled up to the top. And it was absolute chaos every week. But I especially loved it on mornings when I got there in the winter time and there was actual ice that would fall off the top of the wheelie bins. Yeah, that was great. Okay, that has nothing to do with anything that I'm talking about this morning, except for maybe, maybe just a touch. So there's a couple different kinds of people in the world. Um, I'm going I'm to be very specific. Now, I have no scientific or sociological data to back any of this up. This is pure observation, all right? And I'm half blind. Uh, but there's people that like to talk a lot, I'll put myself in that category. And then there's people that don't talk. There's only two kinds of people. And usually in marriages, well, I think we know how this works out, okay? Um, But within that first group of people that like to talk a lot, there's there's two different kinds of people. Uh, I'm I'm boiling it down here, very down to the bottom. This is a strong concentrate. Uh, There's people that tell stories about themselves, because they really want everyone to know them, right? You know who I'm talking about. They want everyone to know every detail of their life. And maybe, just maybe, those details of their life are the facts that you need to truly understand that person. Now, I'm in a second category of people, and that is I love, I don't like being pigeonholed. I don't like being held down by titles or by like, you know, names of ideas or anything like that. I'm very stubborn in this way. And so when I tell a story, um, I like to tell stories that will confuse people about who I am and what I'm doing. 
right? So if you think, oh, well, he's a pastor. He must be very gentle. Well, then I'm going to tell you about a time that I pulled my knife out. Because why? I do it all the time. It's a lot of fun, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for bad reasons. Needless to say, I'm going to confuse you, right? Or you're going to think that I come from America, and so that must mean that I come from a thing that looks like this or whatever. But this week, I was with some friends, and they were hunting. And they said, wait, what's the biggest thing that you've ever shot? And I got to say, a BMW. (laughs) Right? Because uh, my dad's gearbox shop, sometimes people didn't want to fix their cars. And then uh, they would just leave the cars. And then we would have to do something with the cars. And one of the things that we got to do was take out guns, because we're Americans, and, and then we would shoot the car. Right? So that's a weird story, isn't it? That's a true story. It's a weird story, though. It wasn't a deer. It wasn't even an elephant. It was a BMW. And I hope that that story confuses you a little bit about who I am and where I come from. Jesus is going to do something similar for us this morning. You may have been told uh, that Jesus tells parables to help people better understand what it is that he's talking about. Right? I mean, this is the thing that we've always heard, actually. Well, Jesus is talking to ignorant farmers and laborers, and uh, because they don't understand big boy words, uh, they need to have everything told in story form. Well, that's not true. That's not true at all, in fact, because typically what we see happening in the Gospels is the most unlikely of people, right? The ignorant people, the farmers and the laborers, or the people that shouldn't understand anything about the righteousness of God, tax collectors, that type. What happens when Jesus preaches to them and uses these big boy Bible words? They get it. They hear it. They receive it, usually, right? There's another group of people that's always following Jesus around, and they are always hearing the parables and being utterly confused by them because they can't quite put their finger on what Jesus is attempting to say or do. Later on in Jesus' ministry, he's going to leave the parables behind, and he's going to come right out and call those people what they are. Today, though, we get the parable of the sower. And Jesus is going out in a boat. Why is he in a boat? Uh, I guess to be seen and heard. He's using this boat as a pulpit, as it were. And the crowds, they've gathered around. Jesus goes out in the boat and he starts telling them this story. A sower went out. A seed planter went out to plant seeds. And as he planted, some of the seeds fell along the path. Now, I need you to hear what's happening here, all right? Uh, I, I don't, I've planted a couple seeds before. Some of them have grown. Some of them haven't grown. I didn't plant them in thorns or rocky ground. I'm just a bad gardener. But, but he's taking these seeds and he's going out into the field like this. Like this, eh? Is that an an effective planting strategy? Because, okay, let's just take Jesus' story as it is. Like, let's just assume right now that we're going to be able to decipher Jesus' story. Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm judging the person that's planting the seed. Because I think what they should do is they should get out there and just 
drag a little line in the dirt and then throw the seed in the line and then push the dirt over the line. That's going to be best, isn't it? Well, the sower, he's going out and he's scattering the seed. And you know what he's doing? He's scattering the seed um, everywhere. You could even say he's doing it carelessly. He doesn't care where the seed falls. Why? Well, I think as we go along, what we're going to see is he doesn't care where the seed is being scattered because that seed is going to do exactly what it is meant to do no matter where it falls. The conditions of the soil do not negatively affect the seed that is being scattered. The seed is going to do exactly what it is intended to do. And as he sowed, some of the seeds fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears... Let him hear. Not only is this just generally a strange story, but Jesus is always doing strange things in the parables. For instance, if I wanted to emphasize the type of growth that you could get from this seed, I would say 30 times, 60 times, even 100 times. Jesus counts backwards. Well, reverse. I don't know what. Yeah, he's counting backwards. That's what he's doing. Yeah, some of it's 100, 60, 30. It's bearing new seed. It's, what it's, it's doing what it's supposed to do. The 30 isn't better than the 100, it doesn't seem. The 60 isn't better than the 100 or the 30 or the whatever. All right, so we've got something to chew on here. And then those last lines, who has ears to hear, let him hear. And everyone's, yeah, no, I heard, right? And then the disciples came to him. Why do you speak to them in stories? And he answered them, To you it is given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, or looking and looking they can't see. Listening and listening, they cannot hear. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never really see. For this people's hearts, heart has grown dull, and their ears can, they can barely hear. Their eyes have been closed. But then Isaiah throws in something else here that's very interesting. Unless they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would hear them, heal them. All right, so what is Jesus saying now? Why is he telling parables? He is telling parables to hide things from people. He is telling parables to not only hide things from people, but from those people that have a passing interest 
in what Jesus has to say, even that is going to be taken away from them. Why in the world would Jesus do this? Well, he says it's, in their case, so that the prophecy of of Isaiah would be fulfilled. Now, it was fulfilled back in Isaiah's time, too. Isaiah was meant to go out and and preach um, the judgment that was coming, but also the salvation that would come after that judgment. If God's people would just listen and turn, then God would fix them up. And yet, God also told Isaiah, they're not going to listen. They're not going to see you for who you are, a bringer of God's word. Their hearts are hard. Their ears are blocked. Their eyes are blinded. Now Jesus quotes this exact same passage to say, this is what's happening to these people that are standing in front of me. Those lost sheep of Israel that we've been talking about, those lost sheep that need to be found by the shepherd, well, they've been found. They've heard the word, and now they're going off and turning their own way again. But now Jesus, speaking to his disciples, says this, but blessed are your ears. That's a funny thing to say, right? Blessed are your ears, for they see, or your eyes. Do your ears see? No, they don't. Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Sorry, this just made me think of of one Peter. I'm going to see if I can find the passage real quick. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you, and the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Peter's look, thinking back to this, probably this exact same thing that Jesus is saying. Everyone that came before you, they wanted to know exactly what was going to be happening. And now you get to see it. Now you get to hear it. Blessed are your eyes and blessed are your ears. All right, so that's the introduction that we have to this parable and Also, the purpose of parables. Here's our big idea for this morning. Jesus, the Word, is sown in the world, gifting life to you. Jesus, the Word, is sown, not a sowing project, right? But seed cast out. (laughs) Sown in the world, gifting life to you. Let's see if we can better understand this parable now moving forward, starting verse 18. 
Here then the parable of the sower. Jesus is saying now, that, that story that I just told, given the framework that I've just given you, that these stories are actually meant to confuse and to hide, now I want you to hear this parable again, understanding what it's what is meant by it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and that is the word about Jesus, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in the heart. Now, you'll notice here, Jesus is going to keep using this word sown. Uh, What does he mean? The, The seed that has been planted. All right? So now we have to understand then, uh, we can and we will make a a comparison to you and I when we get to share the good news with someone else. However, this parable is not about you. Well, or is it? Anchored Baptist Church, you are one of the soils in this story. And I think I know which one of the soils you are. You might be asking yourself right now, what if I'm not the right kind of soil? What if I'm the rocky soil? What if I'm the path where the birds eat everything? Well, I I don't think that's where Jesus is leaving you right now. And Jesus is not encouraging you to turn from one kind of soil into a different kind of soil this morning. We will get to you. You're that good soil that Jesus has sown seed into. But we want to hear that word sown this morning because that means that Jesus, or rather, let's say it like this. Who's the sower in this situation? The one who sent the word into the world. God the Father is here sending His Son out into the world. And as God the Father sends His Son out into the world, where is Jesus landing? Where is Jesus being planted? Everywhere. He's going to those that are hard of hearing and hard of seeing. He is going to those that have hearts that are willing to receive. He's going to those whose hearts are ready and whose ears are are open. Jesus is going everywhere. He's going to tax collectors. He's going to Pharisees. He's going to teachers of the law. He's going to zealots, literal terrorists, okay? He's going to every which one of the lost sheep of Israel. He is being cast out in every direction from our perspective, carelessly. See, I think if Jesus would have had a more clearly defined mission, right? If he had gone out with a more specific strategy, I think he could have been a lot more effective. I think he could have won more people. Those Pharisees that doubted him, I think if maybe he just changed his language a little bit, maybe he could have got them. Maybe maybe even uh, Pilate, Herod, maybe Jesus could have convinced them of who he was if he had just taken his time, you know? Maybe... Maybe he didn't have to go to the cross so soon. Maybe he he took his time. He worked his way into the community. Maybe, no, he's just being thrown out there. And you know what? We read in Philippians this morning that Jesus took on the form of us. He he took on uh, the form of being a slave. He humbled himself 
to the point of a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus is being carelessly cast out into the world for anyone and everyone to hear about who he is and what he is going to do for them. So let's hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is being sown in his heart. This is what has been sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no roots, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, that is, because of Jesus, immediately he falls away. As for the one who is sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. So here we have three examples of what can happen when the word of God is given to us, when it's preached to us, when Jesus comes to us. Uh, One of the options is that the devil immediately has such a hold on someone that that word gets snatched out of their ears. Their ears are all blocked up. Another, the word takes root, and yet there's no place for that root to keep growing. Root to keep growing. And so then what happens? The sun comes out, a little bit of a little bit of heat, a little bit of temptation, a little bit of trial. And immediately the person says, I think I like what I had before. This is too much. I'm not willing to hear that word over and over and over again and keep depending upon it, though it does sound good. I think I need to find my security in other things. I think I need to find my place in the world elsewhere. And then lastly, this person who... um, Here's the word, the seed is planted and yet thorns, weeds, thistles come and choke it out. I think it's an interesting connection that you could make here with that same curse that we talked about with Adam before, right? Uh, The work of this world chokes out that good seed that Jesus planted in you. Whether it be the work itself and being consumed in the work out of necessity or because you want to be, or the finances that come from that work. Jesus is saying both of these things are distractions that will take you away from that word. Now, we all know people in each of these circumstances, right? Um, in fact, that's exactly what Jesus is telling us to understand here. Uh, he's telling us that when I go out, you're seeing people that reject me. You're seeing people that follow us for a little bit of time. You're seeing people that seem pretty interested until a distraction comes along. And then they all leave. He's looking at his disciples 
telling them and it's you guys that are left. Why? Well, he tells us. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. <laughs> now, these disciples, us, we also know how this works. We don't always understand it, right? In fact, we have lots of questions, especially when it comes to, Jesus, why again would you want to hide yourself? Why would you want to take away something from someone? All right. Jesus doesn't actually give us all the answers to everything that's raised in this text. Over the next couple of weeks, as we talk about the importance of, of the gift of Christ's bride, his body, the church, We'll also be walking through these parables at some point in the service as well. And I think we'll get a, a little bit more of an insight into why Jesus is doing and saying some of the things that he is doing and saying. Instead, what we need to hear from this passage and what we need to focus on right now is that seed that's being scattered. This seed is not necessarily the good news, as it were, okay? Not exactly. Here's what I mean. When Jesus is talking about the seed here, he's talking about himself. So this isn't a direct uh, correlation between you sharing the gospel with someone and what Jesus is doing, okay? But we can see some parallel things going on. When was the last time you shared the gospel with someone? When was the last time that you had the opportunity to tell someone that there is actually hope in this world? There is actually something that is good for you to hear. Instead of the constant whispers of the devil, though that person might not understand that that's what's happening to them. Right? Or, or um, the person who is on that uh, the rocky ground, as it were. This is the person that is constantly fed nonsense into their ears all of the time. So that when you come with good news to them, they can just barely comprehend it to be good news. Because they have so many other things that they're being preached each and every day, each and every hour, all the time. And then that last person who really does think, yeah, you know, that, that is good news. You know what else is good news? The fact that I have so much power in and of myself to do the things that I need to do in this world to be taken care of, provided for. That is good news. I, I've got good news too, me. <laughs> right, so when was the last time you had the opportunity to share the gospel with someone? And when you did that, what was the response? Jesus is telling us it's really one of these responses here. This last response 
of good soil, though. What happens when that seed is sown on good soil? Well, this is the one who hears the word and understands, and indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another case sixty, in another case thirty. So, oh, this is where we have to be careful then. So what you're saying, Wade, is that when we share the gospel, uh, there's going to be some people we share it with, and they're going to be just so fruitful, it's crazy. And then there's going to be other people that are a little bit less fruitful, but it's still good work. Yeah. No, that's, this is where the, the, the parallels end between what's happening in this uh, par- parable and what's happening in our lives as we go out and scatter and share the gospel with others. What Jesus is saying here is that that person that hears, that understands, um, life is going to grow in them. True life will be the fruit that is bared in them. Jesus, the Word, is sown in the world, gifting life to you. Anchored Baptist Church, if you're wondering which soil you are, well, let's be honest. We've all got some paths around us and some rocky bits and some thorns and some thistles that are growing near us. You could walk away from here this morning and you could forget Psalm 65 and you could forget Isaiah 55 and you could forget Romans 8 and for whatever reason that you forget it, whether it be the devil is distracting you and ripping that good word out of your ear, whether it be that you are going to be consumed by the labors that you have before you this week or the things that happened last week, or whether you're going to start off meditating on God's Word and then it's just going to be consuming. Everything else around you is going to be consuming you and that Word disappears from you. Here, here's the truth. We all have these these patches of soil around us, if we want to say it like that. But Anchored Baptist Church, if you're here this morning and you know Jesus as your Savior, here's one thing that I can tell you about yourself. You are good soil. Jesus tells you that this morning. You are good soil. You don't have to question what kind of soil you are. Yes, there are challenges that you face. Yes, the devil does still come to you and snatch good word out of your ear. He does that. And yes, the concerns of this life consume everything around you and block out the good relationship that Jesus has built with you. Yeah, that all happens sometimes. But you are, in fact, that good soil. You have, in fact, heard and understood. One of the things that Jesus says here when explaining the parables, um, Peter might know something about this. This is a banker's principle, I think. Uh, that uh, to, to, who, the, to the one whom much has been given, uh, they'll still receive more, right? It's an investment principle. 
That's what some would say. What is Jesus actually talking about? Hey, look, here's how I know that you're good soil. Because you were here last week, and the week before that, and the week before that, and you're here this week, and that seed is being put into your ears again. Jesus is giving Himself to you again, letting you know that He is all that you need. That as the psalmist said this morning, even when we are overcome with sin, He forgives all of that sin and He acts righteously toward us even in our unrighteousness. So you're here this morning because much has been given to you. And as you hear God's Word, you know what's going to happen? More is going to be given to you. This is not a prosperity principle that I'm talking about. This is talking about the Word of God, Jesus Himself, becoming more and more of what He already is to you. More and more your Savior. More and more your righteousness. More and more your life. That's what's going to happen. So Anchored, I want you to go from here this morning knowing that you are, in fact, good soil. I want you to go from here this morning uh, not thinking that you know who is or isn't good soil around you too. Because how do we know what kind of soil it is? We don't. We don't. Jesus plants Himself through His Word into the ears of hearers and He produces the fruit. You notice that? like in the, in the first illustration of the parable, the seed is actually sown. It's planted. The work is done. But it gets snatched up. In the second one, the seed is planted. The work is done. Jesus proclaims life and the forgiveness of sins. He gives all of Himself to that person who is rocky soil. And it withers. The one that's in the thorns and the thistles, Jesus still gives all of Himself to that person. And it gets strangled out. That good word gets strangled out. To you, He gives all of Himself. And He is producing in you life into eternity. Anchor Baptist Church, you are good soil. And Jesus, the Word, is sown in the world, gifting you life. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.